0: Freightwaves won the Rise of the Rest startup competition in Chattanooga. Hyperloop for freight could be faster and cheaper than air. Tesla's batteries are burning, their executives are leaving, their factories mortgaged. And we give a sneak peek of what to expect at Transparency 18. I'm JP. And I'm Chad. And we discuss these topics and more on this week's episode of What the Truck.
1: All right, JP. What you what you putting down today, man? Uh
0: well, you know me, bells too hearted, Comstock, like Michigan, the old standard, hops, floral, alcohol, <laughs> centennial <laughs> what hops. Say, really?
1: What else is there to say? Yeah. Uh well, what I'm disappointed in is that you got me um, this hoppy yum IPA from Foothills Brewing in Winston Salem. North Carolina, and dude, I'm really disappointed.' Um, it's,
0: Salem, a region known more for its tobacco products than its beer, unfortunately.
1: Yeah, um, the only like it's it's so standard and kind of boring tasting to be honest and I hate to I hate to you know put a brewery, like throw it under the bus, but um, they say that they, it's brewed with the tangerini Simcoe hops. What, I'm not tasting is- any tangerini. I'm not, I'm not. It's, Are you it's, tasting any Simcoe? Uh, n- n- no. I don't know what that is. No, Simcoe hops. No, I'm not. I'm not hops. tasting that. Um, so I'm going to, if you can't lick them, join them. I'm going to uh, partake with um, uh, some Two-Hearted as well. If you only knew the power of the dark side, Chuck. I see, I see where that, what you were doing there. Um, okay. Um So, using our force, um, JP. So,
0: first things first. um,
1: Exciting news!
0: Our CEO, Craig Fuller, did an amazing job last week um, at the Rise of the Rest startup competition, which is basically this cool traveling roadshow thing that Steve Case, the founder of AOL, does. So, you might remember AOL from the uh, little... Diskettes you got in the mail and the I don't early remember AOL. The Tell
1: me about this. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, yeah. Uh, basically, well,
0: my entire childhood.
1: <laughs> and uh, Craig uh, did do a great job, um, basically starting this whole company and running it the way he 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 does and has. But he has emphasized as well that teamwork makes the dream work, and it's not all about him, and it's um it's about everyone everything that we have put into this uh, organization. At Freight Waves, but you know the interesting part about this article, the it's not so much that uh, Freight Waves won. So just the the whole thing
0: was like we're up against these these different startups in Chattanooga. Every CEO gets four minutes to do their pitch in front of these
1: judges. I think it was was it seven minutes? It was four four minutes. Four minutes. Wow! Wow! It's a very short amount of time.
0: Right. Um. He. We saw him on his Instagram story practicing relentlessly, um, crushed it, and got the $100,000 investment from um, the, the, you know, the venture funds that back Rise of the Rest. But the story is, what are we going to do with the money?
1: Well, it, you know, like that's the interesting part about this is that, you know, we, the, the article is that, you know, Chattanooga is, it's a, it's about Chattanooga as well. So teamwork makes the dream work. Well, Chattanooga is a great place to found a startup. It's true. We often get like top five places to live in the country from Outside Magazine and places. But for to found a startup, especially in freight, as Steve Case emphasized when he announced the the winner, it's low. There's low taxes, low cost of operating a business. Uh, there's just excitement around startups in general it's around here. It's good
0: Air. for freight. There's a good geography. Great with geography. The, with, um, We're links in Freight to Alley. Some major hubs. Great. Um, Sort of highway infrastructure with the, all the interstates, but also technological infrastructure with our gigabit um, capacity. Yeah, fiber the gig o- fiber optic network.
1: I know what, whoever invested in that, whenever that decision was made, was a really good investment. Uh, There's the city of Chattanooga. But who? No, there was somebody who was behind that. Was it our mayor?
0: No, I mean, yeah, it was the city. It was a, it's a municipal utility.
1: EPB. Yeah. I love them. Like, love, love us some EPB. Yeah. Um, I uh, and, and like, and like uh, uh, Craig wrote, you know, I can't think of a better location for a logistics company and data, uh, for lo- lo- logistics data and technology companies' headquarters. Um, just everything about it is a great place. And so the $100,000 is going to go to... Uh, educational grants for individuals and, uh, and and uh, you know, with data science, economics, or journalism backgrounds.
0: Yeah, getting getting our workforce better educated. And also I think the other part of it was moving highly educated professionals to Chattanooga.
1: Potentially doing that as well, yeah. yes.
0: Like, so we're, 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 we're going to send people to school and we're going to relocate people with graduate degrees to the city just to, um, you know, join the team.
1: So that's exciting. Uh, other things that are exciting about the future and, uh, the here and now is our second headline hyperloop for freight could be faster and cheaper than air.
0: uh, Um, Chad, can you explain like what the hyperloop is exactly?
1: Well, I can uh, like if because a lot of people are new to the concept of hyperloop. I mean, it's so out there. You know, some people still haven't heard about it. It's a high-speed transit system. It was first proposed by the one and only Elon Musk right. in a 2013 white paper. The original concept was that the system would send passengers and pressurized electric pods through vacuum-sealed tubes at over 600 miles per hour. So, the, it's
0: essentially like the pneumatic tubes that you get at the bank. Like, at least, I mean, I don't do this. I, I would do all, everything electronically, but, you know. It's
1: totally like those tubes
0: I get at the bank. When I was when I was in my, you know, mother's fabled Dodge Caravan in the 1990s, going to the bank with her running errands, it would be the tubes in the bank. And it, so, it was, so yeah, basically, it's
1: very similar to yeah, that, and so it's basically I'm sure.
0: Making those things like, what you know, ten feet across, however long, you know, putting people inside.
1: Putting of it underneath the earth for thousands of miles. Or, like no, or above. Tubes. Or above. Oh yeah, there it's is a above. little bit above. above. But, well, there's. It's not just above. I think it's it's a lot of it's below. No. <laughs> it's, I think it's mostly above. Wow. Well, what about the Boring Company? They're they're it's different. They're boring tunnels underneath the... That's unrelated. Okay. It's not unrelated at all. That's exactly what they were invented for.
0: So the Hyperloop is about... (laughs) It's basically about like you get on something that costs as much as like a subway train, but it moves as fast as an airplane.
1: Uh, it it does. Like it's uh, and, and the exciting part about the story is so like Elon Musk may have came up with the idea and his company does want to continue to, you know, uh, be a part. There's many companies or several anyway, trying to do Hyperloop. But um, but Virgin Hyperloop one is the is the story right now. Uh, and so it's
0: Richard Branson's rich Richard,
1: billionaire Richard Branson. He, they have uh, partnered with DP World Cargo Speed <clears throat> to be, you know, like to be the the first ones to to make this happen for cargo.
0: Right, and DP World Cargo, for those who don't know, is sort of the largest operator of ports and terminals in the Emirates. And yeah, so right. They're they're starting to. I think the first places they're going to build these hyperloops are, you know, maybe to, to connect. Abu Dhabi to Dubai or something like that
1: where where they're able to try these things out a little bit you know with a little bit like the United States is great for research and development but our regulations really hinder the ability to test out these things right well and
0: I think it makes sense because if you think about what the Hyperloop is it's not it's not a subway you can't just get off anywhere it's meant for intercity travel right like like going from one city to another without any stops in between, like like an airplane. Yeah, if and you're going so, super
1: fast, you can't make lots of. Well, I don't know. No, like no. there's there's things we don't
0: know. I no, don't, I've, I've looked at it. like it's it, it's like from one city to another. So I think it kind of makes sense in the Emirates because it's like what's really in between Abu Dhabi and Dubai.
1: <laughs> you you'd have to tell you me. You Probably
0: wouldn't want to stop. It's there's nothing. I mean, it's, I don't, yeah. Probably. Right. I'm not familiar with the region, but I can't imagine there's a whole lot.
1: Anyway, the, it's uh, DP World Cargo Speed will aim to deliver goods at speeds of up to 620 miles per hour uh, and you know, link to, exi- they say, existing roads, rail, and infrastructure. I'm not sure how that would work. But they, they say, too, that they're working aggressively to have three, count them, three Hyperloop systems running by 2021.
0: Right, and so the big play there is... Maybe it's actually better and even more lucrative for freight than passenger travel, at least at first.
1: Yes, is that right? much. Well, that is. That's the, that seems to be the play, much in the way that we, we, it seems to be that autonomous may be leading the way uh, in terms of freight because that's where the investment and the money is right. over um, right. passenger vehicles. Right. As exciting as it, it, it gets for all of us to talk about. Passenger. But, you know, like we're we're talking about Elon Musk and we're talking about this 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 grandiose billionaire uh, inventor, brilliant guy who, you know, we love Tesla. We haven't actually talked about Tesla as much as as some people might think. We've we've debated it. We've debated Tesla once, really. Once, really, yeah. uh, and, and we're in our eleventh episode. To, uh, but but you know like get why don't you kind of give us an update about what is happening with Tesla?
0: Yeah, so there's been a lot of negative news, um, recent negative news that I covered in, in an article about Tesla early, earlier this week. Um, Three things, really. Um, Their cars have a propensity to catch on fire when they crash into things. Um, Because of the way the batteries are constructed, perhaps.
1: Kind of reminds me of those, like, Ford Pintos from, like, like 1979, 80. Like, that, that, like, literally because of where they had the gas, the gas tank, if they were in an accident, they would basically explode. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm not sure it's that unsafe, but it, it's it's something oh, like oh, I that. do. It's something like that. It's it's you know some so a few months ago, um, some Tesla engineers sort of blew the whistle and went to CNBC and said, look, based on the way that Tesla is hiring these contractors to assemble the battery packs, so and this, this is key, is they're assembling the battery packs. They're buying the individual battery cells from Panasonic. They're putting them into these huge arrays of like 3,000 batteries or whatever, but they said there's not enough separation between the different components. Um, they're at risk; it, they're not being built properly. I remember properly. that they're not. They're at risk of being catching on fire. I reported on this, and you know, is you know, kind of, whatever. It's normal news, um, but now we're seeing all these fires. Um, some kids got burned to death in Florida. Um,
1: I know. Obviously,
0: you saw the, the fire in California when the guy had the guardrail. Um, There's another fire in Switzerland where someone died. It's so that's a little concerning. That's been some bad news. The other part of it is that they've sort of had a continued exodus of um, executive talent. And I would say that the most important person who left recently was Doug Field, who was one of the last people in the senior team that had like real automotive engineering experience, and, and you know that's kind of a low standard uh, for Tesla. <laughs> I mean, he had six, he was an engineer at Ford for six years, 25 years ago. Um, he's gone some of their key marketing and product launch people and finance people have also left. It's a little bit of, you know, and then Elon starts tweeting that, you know, we're reorganizing Tesla, we're making it flatter, blah, blah, blah. I don't know if that's like just in a way to kind of control the narrative
1: he certainly does try to do that. I mean, you know, who who wouldn't? Um, I just, I think, I want to like say for the record that the 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 constant news stream for Tesla is is very negative. There's you can very you can find very very few you know defenders right now, other than billionaire investors that are in there for the long haul. <clears throat> uh, but I, I was I was the bull, you were the bear, we were debating this, I kind of kept trying to be the defender, and I, I think that I have now, like, I see... I see the argument. I've had an open mind and all of the many, many points of views, like the many argument. It's I agree with with your what you wrote in this article this week. Uh, And one, I think, important point of clarification from just the point of view of the freight waves, you know, point of view, which mostly we have been bearish on tesla is that as you wrote um we you know we're we're it's not because we're fossil fuel enthusiasts bent on you know melting the polar bear habitat or luddites who think nothing can change
0: right like yeah we
1: just think that right now so this, far it's been so, a poorly run company so,
0: yeah there's a there's a concept called the leading edge right where you're um you know advancing an industry making yeah. new products showing people what's possible there's also a concept called the bleeding right edge, they're you're, related you're over invested you're too far out in front of what's commercially viable you end up taking a ton of losses on products you know aka you know bleeding um and i think that's kind of where tesla is like we really admire the fact that they've basically convinced the entire auto industry to switch to electric cars That's amazing. That's that's exactly, and that's why
1: everybody was cheering for it from the very beginning.
0: Right, and they've done that, so they've won the war in a way of changing global perception about transportation. Um, But they might have lost the battle about this company. And Hmm. you know, as you astutely pointed out in a previous article, uh, Henry Ford's first two automobile companies went bankrupt. Right. Yeah, there were some
1: parallels. Musk's First
0: automobile company might go bankrupt. It might not be the end of you know the story for him.
1: And, and like it, just like thinking about this a little bit more, like he he tweeted that very day where all the bad news in Switzerland you know mm. like was happening about the car blowing up, and he 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 tweeted it's super messed up that a Tesla crash resulting in a broken ankle is front page news. And the 40,000, um, that wasn't about the switcher. That it's was about, not the, about, uh, the, oh. that's about the
0: guy who, who was on an autopilot and it drove into the back of a firefighting truck at like 60 miles. Oh, per he hour. was
1: tweeting about that still. Yeah, 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 oh, okay. So that's very old news. Well, it was the I saw this tweet on the day that, that right. the Switzerland crash mm. happened, yeah. and so he wrote it super messed up.
0: So that, that was a fatal crash, the Switzerland crash.
1: It was. Yeah, yeah, it was a
0: fire. That's
1: terrible. Died, yeah. yeah, and there's been a number of those. So he's, he writes, it's super messed and And so, like, if you just saw this tweet on its face, you might think about it for a minute. It's super messed up that a Tesla crash resulting in a broken ankle is front page news and the 40,000 people who died in U.S. auto accidents alone in the past year get almost no attention. and you know and so you think about that for a minute and you're like well okay. but then i i literally tweeted this out i'm you know i'm sure a lot of people tweet to him but i said i don't know there are super fewer teslas on the road, so the argument is apples to oranges and tesla made its name through branding and attention anyway and tesla cars are literally going up in flames on the roads so i was glad to hear the guy only broke an ankle well, and
0: I think automobile deaths get tons of attention. Lots of people study them. Billions of dollars are spent on making cars safer every year. You know that's yeah. why people care about autonomous technology in the first place. Like, like it's kind of a disingenuous argument on Musk's part to say that, like, oh, like no one cares. If, like, let me let you in on the secret. Like
1: if you, how many people yeah, die well, in and also crushes? it's if you, right, And if you live by the sword, die by the sword. You want the attention. If it doesn't go your way, good point. You know, I okay. So anyway, quoting
0: the book of Matthew over here. <laughs> uh,
1: moving on no. to uh, yeah, we're we're getting deep here, man. We're going deep, but now we're going to go to some really exciting stuff happening very near us in Atlanta and through us freight waves. We are uh, hosting our very first big conference. Yeah. Transparency 18. Exactly. In
0: Atlanta, um, starting on Tuesday.
1: Super excited about everything that's going to be happening with this event. Uh, We've been chatting about it and chattering about it and getting ready for it in the offices. Yeah, all
0: the remote people have been in. Everyone's been working. It's been like a beehive of activity. It's, you know, seeing people we haven't seen in a long time. A lot of stress prepping for all this stuff. But also just so much excitement about, like, who's going to be there, what we're going to see, like, you know, the whole first day of these groundbreaking technology demonstrations. Yeah, there's, there's going to be these
1: rapid-fire demos. Yeah, it's like, you th- know, those are going to be seven minutes. That's what it was. That's where I got the seven-minute thing in my head. Yeah. yeah. So, so
0: people are, like, are literally, literally going to get on stage in front of, like, 750 executives – and have seven minutes to present, like, their company, their product. And it's
1: going to be a hard stop. So if you're listening right here, it's a hard stop. You have seven minutes. That's it. There's also going to be, you know, just there's tech luminaries going to be, like, just walking around. Like, yeah, this is going to be yeah, everything super from, exciting. Like,
0: everything from, like, blockchain to, like, telematics devices to, you know, just... What like, yeah, like security yeah, devices, IoT, talking the lot, like, lots of like digital platforms and, and software demos. Um, I think that's going to be really cool, and we'll. It, it's going to be like people kind of. It's not going to just be like a low key like booth no. at, at an exhibition. It's going to be this like high pressure, you know, audience. This high pressure platform where people really have to bring their A game. And because all eyes are going to be on them, and if they if they suck, then you know it's it's kind of lights out, right?
1: It, it, it will be, um, but uh, but hopefully no one will. And if anything has to tell you about like what we're anticipating, our book, our recent release book that was right. sponsored by Launch It. Launch It Publications, and Susan Fall, shout out to her. We've got this killer book, Freight 2025, Forecasting the Future, with all kinds of awesome content in it.
0: Yeah, we have, we have um, you know people like Tom McLeod, Sandeep Carr, Travis Ryan of Tin4, um, some of our editorial staff, um, John Larkin from Stiefel, just all different kinds of people Contributed Wide variety. some essays to this book. It's going to every um, attendee of Transp- uh, Transparency 18 will get a copy, and we're also going to provide it in an electronic form on Freudwaves.com.
1: Right when it's officially released in a couple of weeks. Right, right, right. And so we are also launching this very exciting SaaS platform, Sonar. Tell us about Sonar, man.
0: Yeah, so Sonar is like our Bloomberg terminal, looking at the national freight market. Oh yeah, you get a map. You can get a heat map of turndowns, inbound and outbound across the entire country. You can map commodity flows. You can look at you know different kinds of stock tickers. Um, it's it's kind of kind of incredible. Like the metrics that we build, you can look at uh, tinder lead times. If you want to see how shippers perceive the volatility of the freight market, um, we're going to demonstrate it on the first day, but we're super excited about it. Um, you'll be hearing a lot more about it in the future, and um, we're pumped. Also, you know, we have to say there's a Freight Waves booth. I mean, sorry,
1: a What the Truck booth. What the Truck coming to you live this coming week at, at Transparency yeah, at 18. Transparency 18
0: in Atlanta. So come, come stop by. If you're at the conference, um, you know, we'll be passing out shirts uh, and other kinds of swag. We, if, you, if you have something cool to say to us, we might pull you in for a little five-minute interview. Who
1: knows who might be on the next segment of five good, good minutes. minutes. Speaking of... We have five, we have 5 good minutes coming to you right now with Ellen Voy. She is the Women in Trucking President as promised and she had some interesting things to tell us about what their organization is doing. What the truck is is so happy to have for our 5 good 5 good minutes segment Ellen Voy of Women in Trucking the wit organization. Uh, Ellen, welcome.
2: Well, thank you for having me on your program.
1: Let's synchronize our watches like we're in James Bond. Ready? Five good minutes now, JP. Go ahead.
2: Okay,
0: Ellen. um, What would you say is the single biggest obstacle to onboarding more women as drivers in the trucking industry?
2: Well, we found that the biggest reason women don't consider trucking as a career opportunity is because they think it's a male dominated environment. It's, it is male dominated, but they think that they're not welcome. They're not valued. And they think they can't do the job. I often hear women say, say things like, well, I'm not mechanically minded, or I'm not big and burly. So they talk themselves out of it without even understanding that the industry has changed and that they can do the job and they are valued.
1: Right. Uh, I can totally see that.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. That it's almost like a perception problem, education problem, um, and just kind of maybe just the historical way that the industry worked um, is still kind
1: of holding it back today. There's still like six percent of women in trucking, right?
2: That's right. It's 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 under eight percent, and it's never been. It's higher than it's ever been, but it's never hit anything above that.
1: Um. Yeah. Well, uh, well, Ellen. How uh, are women drivers? Maybe even better
2: than men. Well, women are um, driven by estrogen and men are driven by testosterone. And so estrogen is a bonding and collaborative hormone, which means that women are more team players. Women are more relationship oriented, which is good when you're dealing with dispatchers and customers and law enforcement. Um, But also women take fewer risks. um, And So accidents involving women are typically at slower speeds, which means there's less damage to the equipment and fewer fatalities. So um, the kind of person you want behind the wheel of your truck um, is somebody who's taking fewer risks um, and is a good relationship person with your customer. So for that reason, women make great drivers.
1: Yes, a very overlooked part of it.
0: Um, And Ellen, what would you say – the goal you know the main goal for women in trucking is for 2018 or 19 or what's what's the you know the dream goal for wit in the in the near term
2: well we want to expand our reach we're only 11 years old we have about 4,000 members um all over the world actually i'm, I'm leaving for australia in a couple of days to speak to transport women australia but we want to expand our reach and bring in even more people we want to be a resource so we want people to come to us and say um, what should we put in our recruiting ads? Um, how do we address? Uh, sexual harassment. How do we, um, how can we make the equipment um, to better accommodate uh, the shorter, typically shorter stature, shorter arms and legs of female drivers? So we want to make the environment a much better place for women um, and basically make it a level playing field. We're not asking for any special treatment and I need people to understand that um, because we are women in trucking, people think that we're just uh, for women. We're not really for women as much as we're about women and it's about increasing gender diversity. And I have to say that um, 19% of our members are men who believe in our mission. So you don't even have to be a woman to be a member of women in trucking. We we just want people to support our initiative to increase the percentage of women employed in the trucking industry. Well,
1: and I think that women could play a big role in helping solve the capacity crunch as well. So.
2: That's true. Um, since women make up uh, under 8%, it's about 200,000 female drivers. And right now they, the ATA is saying we need about 58,000 drivers. So really, uh, if we just increase the percentage of women even slightly, uh, we could help uh, you know, increase capacity in the trucking industry.
1: That is, that is fantastic. We are helping to spread the, spread the love. We love what your organization is doing.
2: Well, thank you. And again, we hope people will join. They can visit us at www.womenintrucking.org.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you for these, uh, this wonderful five good minutes, Ellen. And safe travels to Australia. Thank
2: you. And you guys have a great day.
1: Thanks, Ellen.
2: All right. Take care.
1: One of the biggest takeaways I got from what, what uh, Ellen Voy was telling us, was the the interest some of the interesting stuff about the yeah you know, like men have testosterone and women uh you know are are fueled uh more with the estrogen and i, I know we're just speaking in sweeping generalizations but there yeah, i mean you know, I look, that's yes yeah, that's, that's true yeah right, right. <laughs> well, you're okay okay Chad. i don't want to i don't talking. okay <laughs> Um, but I, I think that there's a real strong point there to be made that if there was a lot more open-minded room made for women in trucking that you know it's it like we could really impact this constraint right. issue right in some
0: and in some key metrics, they're clearly better performers than male drivers if you can you know get them and retain them right.
1: Um I, I was impressed with Ellen Voy and um thought would love to have her on again and learn yeah, more about definitely. Um, I think what she's, women they, in trucking uh, are doing yeah, WIT.
0: Wit has collected a ton of data about both women's experiences in trucking and women's performances. You know performance in trucking. Um I think it would be really cool to hear from her again. Yeah, I think she, you know, her brand is very well known. Um, and, and yeah, it's yeah, it, and there, and there's some
1: like there, there seems to be some indicators that they are, um, the, the, that there is a dent being made. In, oh, yeah, that's in, right. In she
0: the, did say that, um, when like okay. uh, the number of women drivers have, has gone up 19%. in the progress, yeah, yeah, it's 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 happening. So, shout out to Ellen, thank you for a great interview, and hopefully, um, you know, we can have you on again in the near future. Is it almost time for? It's not almost time. It
1: is time, as a lawyer once told me. Uh, JP, uh, are you ready to play big deal or little deal? I suppose so. JD Power says, used truck market is strong and steady. Big deal or little deal?
0: I'd say it's a big deal. The fact that uh, three uh, year used truck prices are firming up is an indication that we finally might be getting more capacity.
1: Sales advances. Retailer's eye a stronger second quarter. I think it's a,
0: it's reassuring, it's, but it's a little deal. Um, the first quarter is always the weakest sales quarter for retail because everyone's paying off their credit card bills from Christmas. So, yeah, let's take it for what it is.
1: Rising oil prices and lower spot market rates dampen Q1 maritime margins. I'd say it's a big deal because everyone's
0: only expecting um, oil prices to go up in the future. We have a pretty um, filled out order book for new uh, container ship capacity. So that's going to add more more, and hold down the spot rates even more. So, All right. Um, exceptional drought in the southwest means more bad news for grain. Big deal or little deal?
1: little deal for trucking, which is what we're talking about, big deal for farmers experiencing it, but grain has already been in low demand. There's a lot of grain out there actually, and there, there just hasn't been a lot of place to put it. So it's a little bit of a result of the tariffs, but, uh, but the, in terms of logistics flow, little deal right now
0: ship of freight makes online air and ocean freight booking simpler for smes big deal or little deal
1: well ship ship of freight it sounds super exciting they use the technology uh, to give customers access to quotes 24 7 and, and and they'll maintain a database of rates that run into the millions to allow access to the online platform but little deal because they haven't even launched
0: Opponents ramp up efforts to stop longer and heavier trucks. Big deal or little deal?
1: I, this is a tough one, I'm going to have to say little deal because nothing's actually really happened, but I mean there's a big battle waging, They want there's a, the, the, the industry has always fought against it, and it's a, it's a little deal. And that'll do it for the big stories this week. As always, we go into more detail about each of the topics we've talked about today on our website, FreightWaves.com. We will continue to publish this podcast weekly, so be sure to subscribe to What the Truck on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Also, make sure to leave us a review to let us know what you think of our new podcast.
0: And if you're into learning about technology that's shaping up the industry, you definitely want to be a Transparency 18 and the learner at this minute. Visit Transparency18.com to learn more about the event.
1: That'll do it for today. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next week on What the 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 truck. Truck.